Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Good afternoon and welcome to today's broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting from behind these enemy lines. In case you are a first-time listener, oh, first, let me apologize for interrupting those that was listening to uh, the station, to some of our pre-recorded uh, programming. This is the live broadcast. Today's date is March 10th. 2015 and again you are tuned in to black talk radio news with scotty reed here on the black talk radio network um again i just want to give uh thanks to uh yvette carnell of breakingbrown.com for joining us yesterday if you missed that broadcast yesterday where we were discussing the black independent media producers lawsuit along with byron allen uh his company joined the lawsuit of the uh, national association of african-american owned media it is the name of the uh group that represents these independent black media producers that make content for the mainstream and uh their discrimination lawsuit uh which names the naacp uh, Al Sharpton, Urban League, um, a female, a white female who is the head, I can't remember the name of the Wireless uh, Technology Association, she's the president of, but Comcast, Time Warner, um, and, and, a, and a whole host of uh, others, and she um, has been providing ex- excellent coverage and insight and how that impacts black people in the area of media, uh, particularly the propaganda wars that we have to fight in this country with constant 24-7 racist propaganda channels, you know, millions of people tuning into it. So, you know, media is a very important endeavor, um, and black people do have to state their claim. Now, we may not agree with everything that some of these content providers are putting out, but um, I guess you have to take the good with the bad. We still need that economic uh, resource. We still need to open the door up for those who will uh, use that platform to fight this war in terms of putting out propaganda and, and you know, waging the psychological uh, warfare. Now, today, it's pretty much an a open forum. Let me give out the telephone numbers. You can li- you, it's, it's up to you. You can listen to me drone on about racism and white supremacy as I report the day's news or, you know, as I try to figure out, you know, how to defeat this thing because, you know, people have been trying for hundreds of years and it's still around. People still practicing racism and white supremacy and it's impacting 
we should say billions globally. So um, I don't report the news in the manner that I do just to be, you know, talking about racism and white supremacy. I'm trying to put it under a microscope and, and see how we can come up with various ways, various tactics, various through various means to uh, defeat this. I'm not merely just trying to survive it. I haven't given up. I'm actually trying, along with others, to uh, understand how we can exploit it in the eventual, causing the eventual collapse. Uh, some of the stuff that's in the news today, oh, again, let me give out that phone number, 530-881-1400. The access code is 549032 pound, hit star six, and the number one to comment on air. Um, I'm also going to open up the studio line, and that telephone number is just seven-digit number, 704-951-503. That's pretty much easy to remember if you're not on the website and can't see the telephone number. So I'll give that out again. 704-951-5030 is the uh, studio line that will also connect you to the program. Um, some of the things that have been catching my eye in the news, of course, is this racist incident that I had planned to discuss yesterday on yesterday's program, but kind of ran out of time and uh, was only able to just share some of the effects. But more is coming out. It is a developing story. Um, so I definitely will spend most of today actually talking about it. And I got my notepad ready as I played these different clips of people commenting on the uh, incident. I even got some of. Uh, victims who are commenting on what occurred and if you have not heard the news uh, what you had was this fraternity on Oklahoma University campus uh, somebody recorded them they were on some kind of trip some kind of formal outing had dates and everything and they were on this bus um, and they were chanting um, a racist slogan talking about there is never going to be a nigger um, in SAE uh, Sigma Alpha Epsilon I think is the name of it saying they're never going to be a nigger in their fraternity and even mentioned lynching people I'm not going to play that clip I didn't play it yesterday uh, to be honest with you I haven't even listened to it because you know <sighs> I read enough racist rants on the internet I don't need to add up you know all the time I just get war weary sometimes I just you know my brain can only handle so much hate so I'm, I won't be playing that clip but I've read the transcripts of what was said people have commented so I got enough information to know uh, what occurred so they were chanting these racist things talking about lynching black people uh, what what was that last week Andrea Shea King, a conservative uh, radio host, was talking about lynching members of Congress. Think they heard about that? So anyway, they got recorded on the bus doing what they did. And uh, kudos to the person, because I imagine it had to be a white person who was on the bus or they wouldn't have felt comfortable, you know, uh, expressing such racist hatred. But 
the person who recorded it did not sound to be participating and that's what I say racism white supremacy needs participants you have to participate in it for the system to continue whether you're white non-white doesn't matter it, it requires participants and this person decided they weren't going to participate and then they took it a step further they recorded it and then they turned it over to uh, someone who gave it to a black uh, student activist organization I, I don't know if it's correct to say it's on the campus I don't know if it you know is um, getting any kind of funds or anything any kind of support from Oklahoma so it, it might just be an informal uh, group of uh, anti-racist students and so it was turned over to them and they released it and it went viral and the rest is uh, history as they say or history is still be, being written because um, you've already had one of the uh, recruits I guess this is a guy that's still in high school and he had committed to go to Oklahoma University to play for their football team and he posted a video also on social media saying he's not going to attend that he is decommitting and he will play football elsewhere you also had a current Oklahoma University student football player linebacker no defensive end he um, in an understandable emotional outburst because of the hurt and pain that was inflicted on him they shattered his world he was thinking that, you know, it was post-racial Oklahoma University and, and this just really upset him. So he took he, he took to uh, Snapchat, another social media outlet, and um, he let his feelings be known. Quite interestingly, he was also being attacked on social media and trying to portray him as being racist. Didn't take them long, did they? They try to flip the script, blame the victim, say, look, he's being racist. So I, I have the clips. I'll play those. Um, also, I want to keep following Hillary Clinton. I'm calling it my Hillary Clinton watch. If I have news to report on uh, Hillary Clinton, I'm going to report it. And I'm going to report it because they're just I just feel like there are I'm assuming this is an assumption on my part and making assumptions aren't always correct but just based off the small sample size that I've seen among on social media of black people making comments about Hillary Clinton um, I think that they are actually seriously considering voting for this woman and, and supporting her and getting on the internet and fighting the propaganda wars on her behalf as a unpaid, I guess, campaign staffer. And that is just totally incorrect. I think that the election of Hillary Clinton will be just as disastrous as the worst possible Republican candidate that you can think of, you know, in terms of policy that affect non-white people in this country in terms of racism, white supremacy, slavery, involuntary servitude we saw all that being practiced or being uncovered in Ferguson 
finally acknowledged by the U.S. government, not that we needed them to tell us when we had the people themselves who lived there to tell us media reports documenting every time they beat up a black person, stomped them out. Yeah, we, we had that record. So the evidence was just so overwhelming, the Justice Department didn't have no choice but to issue the scathing indictment that Eric Holder, um, as in his press conference, uh, described it. I, I would call it scathing. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to do a Hillary Clinton watch. Now, I understand she's finally going to speak out on the email. Uh, scandal that's going on you know high level official in the US government who told her her underlings that it is against the rules to use private email you can't even send private uh, send your government email you can't forward anything to a private email all of this is sensitive information as we plot and plan our next global white supremacist geopolitical move but she was on her server. She had her own server in one of her houses. I don't, I'm not sure. She's got a couple of mansions and whatnot. So I just think that she would be a disaster for non-white people, primarily black people, if she got elected. And I'm just basing that off of all the harm that was done by the previous Clinton administration, which was led by her husband. So, yeah, I, I just don't think people are, think they're caught up in that, what a, what could we call it, political partisan game. You know, I'm, I'm on team Democrat and you're on team Republican and, and this and that. I don't think we need to be getting caught up in all of that. We need to refer to ourselves as black voters for those that vote. Not a Republican, not a Democrat, I'm a black voter. Which means that you have to show me something that uh, how you're going to help black people. So we shouldn't be we shouldn't be involving ourselves in that fight because it's it's been a losing. It's been a losing. What would you say? A partnership, black people and Democrats. It, it's just been a losing proposition for us. Now, so. Um, We'll continue discussing some of the fallout in Ferguson. I understand this judge was has retired, resigned. I'm sure he retired. Who knows how long he has been practicing racism on the bench down there in Ferguson. Who knows? But more than likely, I'm willing to, just based off of his age or how old he looks, they, he's probably been doing that for about 20 or more years. He's ready to retire, just get his pension, go fishing, and laugh with his buddies about, yeah, what we did to those niggers in Ferguson. And I can't believe I got away with it. No criminal charges and, and none of that. So, yeah, that's some of the things we can discuss. Um, speaking of Ferguson, um, Thursday we will be joined by Mr. Glenn Ford. A Black Agenda Report. He has been writing about it, um, talking about it on podcasts, and I, I think they do a, a radio program. So he'll be on with us on uh, Thursday. 
and I'm looking forward to having that conversation as we get more technical in terms of international law, human rights violations, and and even U.S. law, you know, criminal criminal uh, violations. I don't think that it would serve anyone, um, especially not black people. It was it it does not serve us, especially not the people who live in St. Louis County. It does not serve them just to fire everybody sweep it all under the rug and, and appoint new people now we we can't let it go down like that I think also there has to be criminal prosecutions that should be what everybody is demanding anybody that has an opportunity to get in front of a mic get in front of a camera that's what you should be calling for demanding criminal charges these were you could I could think of a number of of federal charges y'all know how they these prosecutors get creative on us so I think you know we could apply racketeering federal racketeering charges on them there's evidence for that and I, I'm sure you know any attorneys out there Y'all got any suggestions of what we can charge these people with? What federal law? I'm sure racketeering, because I've already looked up racketeering and the definition of racketeering. So I'm sure that would apply. A good prosecutor could certainly prove that case. But none of that is, is even in the works from what I've heard of. It's, you know, shut down the police department or do this or do that or else we'll shut it down or reform it is what I think the Department of Justice is asking for. And then you got the mayor acting like the mayor of Ferguson. He acting like I don't believe none of it. Show me the money. Show me the proof. Show me the evidence. I think I bookmarked a couple of stories. I mean, he is just in total denial Sticking up for his friends, of course. Total denial. There was no racism being practiced here. I don't believe anything that the Department of Justice, particularly Eric Holder, has to say. Uh, it's all lies. So, yeah. Again, today will primarily be an open platform or open format. The uh, phone number, studio line is 704 nine five one five zero three zero that's seven zero four nine five one five zero three zero the conference line is five three zero eight eight one fourteen hundred access code five four nine zero three two pound hit star six and one to comment on air we're going to take a break and then we'll come back we'll jump into uh all of this fallout from um, this racist video posted by this fraternity and this fraternity seems to have a history, a documentable history of these sort of practices not just on Oklahoma University campus but all across uh, college campuses in the United States where they have a, a chapter and um, if I'm not mistaken I think I seen some of the Clemson students on Facebook yesterday uh, post an article saying that you know this is the same chapter that we've been dealing with on Clemson University. They had the uh, Christmas party where they dressed up like racist stereotypes and whatnot. So stay tuned. We will be back on the other side. 
You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. We'll be right back. This is Brother Elliot, host of Time for an Awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. I'm Tanya Free. This week marks 50 years since the march in Selma. Bloody Sunday, the police attacks on civil rights marchers at the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, that led over time to the Voting Rights Act of 1965. While we have made progress, last week Department of Justice report on Ferguson in a poll that four in ten Americans say that race relations have gotten worse under our first black president is a reminder that we have not come as far as many believe. Let's talk about it this Wednesday on the Tiny Free and Friends talk show and 24-7 on tinyfree.com. Until next time, be free and remember to live life with a purpose. The Tiny Free and Friends talk show, your destination for the best in social and political straight talk. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. streaming live on tanyafree.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Join the conversation Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Oklahoma football coach Bob Stoops and several of his players attended a protest on Monday following the release of an online video depicting several members of a university fraternity making racist chants. I'm Jim Baskell with the latest ESPN headlines. Stoops and multiple players were photographed attending the on-campus protest after the viral video showed members of the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity chanting a racial slur and indicating blacks would never be admitted to the fraternity. Here's University President David Boren. They're misusing our name. Sinners are not racist and bigots. This is not our way. These are not our values. This is not who we are, and we won't tolerate it. We're um, deeply outraged and disturbed by the instance that took place. Learn from it, grow from it, and build as a community and unify. The National Fraternity released a statement on Sunday saying it was embarrassed by the unacceptable and racist behavior. You could read more about this story right here. On e- well, I, I guess um, one of the good things we could take from this is at least they can't try to conflate the issue and say, no, this wasn't racism. You know, this was something else. Um, the R word was used several times. Heard bigots and, and whatnot from the president who took swift action and told these boys they had to be off campus. You couldn't live on campus anymore. Uh, by 12 o'clock midnight tonight, Tuesday night. Um, also, um, I, I have heard some other reports that a couple of the people who were said to be to have led the chant, the racist chant on the bus, have been expelled. I think everybody on the bus should be expelled, except for the anonymous person who uh, got the video to the black uh, student activists who then leaked it. And, you know, now we're in the midst of the fallout. I think that anonymous person should step forward. 
you know, I'm assuming that there is a member of this fraternity when they recorded and they was like, this is wrong. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to record them. Not going to join in. I'm just going to record them. And then I'm going to give it to a friend who's going to give it to a friend and then, you know, um, expose these guys. So he probably got, or she, I don't know if it's some, well, I don't know who recorded it. I don't know if it's a male or female, whoever did it. I think that you should make yourself known so we can, um, you know, start a, what do they do, a GoFundMe account. And um, we can each give a dollar and hopefully, you know, set you up with $500,000. Because we need to showcase white people like that. Yeah, we need to showcase that is behavior that we would like to see. If you say you're not all racist and you don't stand for it, then this is the type of activity that we, we need you to be undercover. We need you to be gathering evidence and, and getting it out to the public by any means necessary. If you want to remain anonymous, that's cool, but I think that you should be uh, heralded as a exemplary um, person uh, who did the right thing who helped take down, at least on this campus, uh, this racist frat. Yeah. Let me, um, before I play any more of these clips, let me go to the phone line since uh, we have somebody that wants to uh, chime in. Area code 414. You're on Black Talk Radio News. Go ahead with your question or comment. What's on your mind today? Hey, Brother Scotty. Uh, just say thanks for the program. Greetings to you. Uh, You're welcome. Kind of Greetings man. to you as well. Thank you. I'm chiming in from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, <clears throat> I know we've been in the national news uh, a little bit there, so uh, I just wanted to chime in. Uh, they have started to uh, attack Tony Robinson's uh, character, say mm-hmm. he was involved with an armed robbery. Um, so we know that's standard procedure. Right. Um, something that you reported on yesterday when you said that a lot of the... Uh, protesters uh, were students that walked off the campus or didn't go to school that day. Yes. Um, They're not reporting that part on the news. Um, They're not really leading on that it was... uh, Not there locally? I'm sorry? You're saying they're not reporting it locally? No, no. They're not really reporting that locally. They're speaking on the students, but they're not saying that they... uh, you know, left the school or didn't go to school. They're not really reporting that to show the strong support for Tony Robinson. Right. We saw the same thing in in Ferguson for Michael Brown. The kids left school. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same response by uh, the students. So I had a question. I was taking a couple of notes, mm-hmm. and I was in agreement with you as far as uh, black people and um, I would say the Democratic Party. Um, and, you know, it hasn't been working that well for us, uh, no matter who in office, Republican or Democrat. But my question is, is what would be your response to uh, people that say, well, you know, people die for us to have the right to vote, you know, so by us or by you not voting, you kind of like disrespecting your elders. Or not kind of, you know, disrespecting your elders. Mm-hmm. Well, let let me preface my comment by saying this. Um, I don't think that anybody could correctly state 
that people died for black people to be members of the <laughs> or registered Democrats. So yeah, okay. th- that's a big difference. So, uh, but um, look, I'm like like Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. I don't discourage people from voting because I vote myself, and I have seen okay. that it it possibly does make a difference more on the local level. You know, in terms okay. of putting judges, we got you know this black man who was part of the civil rights movement, Black Power era, uh, who is the chief district judge. And um, I have heard good things from other people that have went before him. I have been before him before. And let me just sum it up by saying that he practiced justice. So I want to make sure that me not taking, you know, 30 minutes to drive up to the precinct and cast my ballot. If nobody for nobody but him, I would hate to think that, you know, my lack of voting um, caused him to lose, you know, reelection, which, you know, this last vote go around he was reelected. okay so you know by any means necessary voting in certain circumstances can um can be constructive especially okay. if you have a a predominantly black population now you know just voting is not the it's not you know the magic pill or anything i mean we have to actually who are we voting for where do these people stand um, are they for justice or they're, are they for status quo? You know, continuing racism, white supremacy. I mean, let's look at Ferguson again. I don't understand how this this white racist suspect mayor um, is in office when you got a town that's 70% black. 70% black. It's the exact opposite for where I am. It is 80% white in my county now. They said that's 70% black. So you know, I have talked to some of the students. Um, they've been a guest on this program and other programs on the network. And they said pretty much, you know, the older generation just was not active. They were just, just, I mean, not active in politics. They weren't running for office. They weren't trying to hold any leadership positions in the government. And they pretty much were just keeping their head down on the plantation. And so the students were quite upset by that. And I think that's why you see... Uh, Ferguson is mostly youth led, in in my opinion. I, I said a lot. Did I answer your question? Uh, definitely. Uh, and I had uh, one more question. Uh, it's pertaining to <clears throat> the young racist uh, at the fraternity. Um, and the question that I have is a little off topic, but it's concerning black people. Okay. Um, is is fraternities from a Greek origin? Um, from what I understand, yes. Um, from this story, it said the other Greeks on campus, you know, called these people out for their racism and said, we will not tolerate this on our, you know, said all the things you would expect them to say after, you know, uh-huh. uh, fellow whites have been caught red-handed, if you will, uh, caught on video. Uh, but my understanding of it, I've never joined a fraternity. I've never been recruited by a fraternity. I've never really known anyone um, in my family or friends that I was close to that I knew was a member of a fraternity. So my knowledge is limited on it, but I do understand okay. it is a Greek culture. Okay, because my question was going to be if the fraternities are Greek um, in origin, uh, what is uh, how do I want to word it? 
Um, why do black people join these fraternities was the question that I would have. Um, and I'll uh, mute my line and listen for the response. Okay. I would imagine that black people join these fraternities from what I've heard about them and not just fraternities, but uh, organizations like the Masons and, and you know, I, I don't know all the names of the different organizations, but they you could call those fraternities as well, brotherhoods or, or whatnot. I would imagine that they join them for the same reason that I joined the United States military as a 20-year-old. Um, I saw that, you know, not being able to see the bigger picture at a, as a 20-year-old, I was looking at, well, how could I better myself create better opportunities for myself, get money for college, whatever, um, get job training and whatnot, that it would be a good idea for me to join the United States military. Again, as a young 20-year-old, 20, 20 still learning um, a lot. Well, I'm always learning, but at that point, really, I knew about racism, white supremacy, a little bit about how it worked because I grew up around white people in a racist area. And, and so, and I had, you know, parents that talked to me about it, but still learning, not understanding the geo of that racism, white supremacy was really a global system. I didn't know that. I didn't look at it that way at that time until, you know, I was in the military. So they joined for that very same reason. They see some kind of benefit for them. For example, I used to date a, a female and she had a child um, and her her uh, father, the father of her child was in a fraternity and she would talk to me about it, you know, venting and whatnot about how things would go in court and stuff like that. And I do recall one time she said that the prosecutor or the social worker or whatever, it was a, a male and said that he belonged to the same fraternity as her father's father's child who was the uh, defendant in the child support case. And she said something about him flashing his ring at the dude. And, you know, the guy, you know, pretty much gave him everything that he was asking for in, in terms of giving him more time to get his stuff together or whatnot and postponing, you know, the hearing and, and whatnot. So I understand that from what has been described to me that it provides benefits uh, like that. You know, people look the other way. Um, like, for example, I will use, I have used to my benefit with police by mentioning that I'm a vet. I used to drive with my dog tags. This was after I got out the military. My dog tags would be uh, hanging from my um, my um, rearview mirror. And so with it hanging from my rearview mirror, when a cop come look at my car, he see the dog tags and he might ask me, was you in the military, somebody in this yeah, I was in the military. I, I did this, blah, blah, blah. I'm a red, white, and blue nigga. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I went into, you know, I'm behind enemy lines mode. I learned that at an early right. age, living in this rural area that I live in. And that's all about survival. It wasn't about me, you know, kissing their behinds or this or that. No, this is getting out of tickets for something I may have done or may not have done. This is about using something to my advantage to to help usher me through to wherever I'm going while I'm behind these enemy lines so you know like veterans they consider themselves somewhat as a fraternity 
somewhat, you know, a brotherhood or a sisterhood since you got female vets as well. So, yeah, I think that's why a lot of these young kids join these Greek fraternities and they're not really, you know, asking the question about, you know, should I be joining something that's celebrating Greek culture? And, you know, when is somebody going to be the first to start a frat that's based on African culture? Call it whatever you want. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Uh, and it really connects to uh, the question that I asked, the situation that you explained uh, with the dog tags, because I have seen that work with the family member of mine. Most certainly. Most certainly. So that's taking advantage of, you know, how they how how things work in this country. Yeah, oh, you, I'm a vet too. A lot of these cops is vet and, and, and whatnot. So... Yeah, it can get you. It, so that's why I think that people join different associations, even trade groups. That's why people join unions. You know what I'm saying? It provides them some kind of competitive advantage or equals the playing field. And so, you know, you absolutely you think if a fat frat brother, he got on his ring or whatnot, he goes to interview for a job and the interviewer is a fellow frat brother that, you know, he's not going to pro- probably more than likely get the job. Unless, of course, you know, that frat member giving out the job is a racist white supremacist like these people at Oklahoma University. So, yeah. I got it. Uh, thanks for the program, man. You guys are doing a really good job. Thanks a lot. Oh, I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to clear the queue if you have any more questions because today is um, so I don't have any guests, so it's just open format. Q&A queue is cleared. Whatever people want to um, discuss. Again, let me make sure my studio line is open. Uh, Studio line is 704-951-5030. The conference line is 530-881-1400. Access code 549032-POUND. Hit star six and one to comment on air. Uh, just a reminder, Thando Radio Show will be coming on uh, right after this program, as quick as we can get them on air. Um, it's uh, slated to start at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, his topic tonight, he will be discussing um, the de-dollarization. I think is how you say it. Uh, it has to do with the coming possible financial collapse of the American dollar because of some of the moves that Russia been making and China has been making um, with currency. Um, I believe this is the primary, one of the primary reasons that Gaddafi was overthrown. And I'm going to have to do a quick check on Clinton because I believe she was supposed to give a live response to email to her email. And as I reported yesterday, she did not, uh, turn over documents to the House committee that's investigating Benghazi. She didn't turn over any emails that had to do with her trip to Libya, you know, where she flew to Libya and uh, called, stood in a Libyan city against United States law and called for the capture or killing of a prime minister, a head of state. Yeah, she, she did that. So, uh, she didn't turn over that and she's supposed to talk about that she's supposed to talk about that today i will look that up um while we take a quick break um yeah kind of got distracted there i'm gonna take a, a break 
then we'll come back. I'm going to play some more of these clips because I'm kind of proud of some of these victims of, of racism, man. Um, I have been talking about this in terms of Clemson University student athletes that you need to be standing with the other non-white students who are taking a stand trying to get this building uh, name changed. You know, the one that's named that the Benjamin Tillman, a racist white supremacist, admitted murderer, belonged to a terrorist organization. And so with the economic power that the student athlete has, really, if they realize that power, if those family members of those athletes, the parents and whatnot, guardians, whatnot, realize the power, the economic power you have, man, y'all could be making sweeping changes across these campuses. This has really shaken Oklahoma University. Not simply because it is just undeniable uh, evidence of racism and white supremacy when you've been told about this, you know, this this um, fraternity for a while now. But you've had an actual um, high school student who was supposed to go there as a football recruit say, I'm not, I'm not going. That is, that is his parents, man, man, we need to give them parents of the year. Parents of the year. They raised this young man right. You should hear his, his response. Um very codified for a young man like that and yeah kudos to his parents but they're worried about that so it it hasn't stopped man and we need to stop thinking from the perspective of they're on top and there's nothing we could do about it we might as well just go ahead and let them pin us you know that's a wrestling reference just you know referee go ahead and count me out no, we shouldn't be thinking in those terms. We need to be thinking in terms that we are engaged in warfare, and that's the enemy, the racist suspect and the white supremacy, that, the supremacist. So what tools do we have at our disposable? What weapons do we have that we can, you know, inflict harm and damage on the enemy? And economically, man, you know, people talk down about sports and stuff like that, but I'm thankful for for these professional athletes because y'all just don't realize or it's not widely reported. They provide a lot of help to poor black people in inner cities. They really do. Now, I know this for a fact in terms of players for the Carolina Panthers. And if they weren't, if, if you take away that source of help, then where is it going to come from? The government that's cutting, you know, the social safety net. So I'm ranting again. Those are some of the things that we need to talk about um, in terms of whenever we're discussing racism and white supremacy is how do we form a weapon? How do we exploit situations? How do we exploit circumstances? So, yeah, let me take this break. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. Broadcasting on the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Elliot Booker, host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in behalf of the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser. Since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, 
has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program. to Black Talk Radio News. Again, my name is Scotty Reed. Um, I do want to uh, just give an update um, quickly about the 2015 fundraiser, which is ongoing. Uh, our fundraising goal is $60,000. Uh, we think that although that's a modest budget for a media company, somebody that's going to really be uh, engaged in um, seriously you know, trying to attack racism, white supremacy through the use of media, $60,000. That's a modest, modest budget, but it would um, use rightly. Uh, it could be effective. So um, people have been donating. I haven't updated it on the website uh, yet because I've been really, really, really busy. Just got podcasts posted today that was from yesterday's show. So um, Mondays is real busy for me. But uh, we have raised about $500 thus far so that's halfway to a thousand so we could say that's progress um yeah so i just wanted to give people a uh, update on that you can make donations uh at black talk media project dot org which is really our media helps site where you can see free tutorials free videos on um just producing media all kind of different stuff uh broadcasting podcasting free tools that that you should know about and should be using if you are trying to be an independent black um media producer so you can donate there and of course um black talk media project created the black talk radio network and um you probably have seen the paypal buttons if you don't like doing online payments if you go to the about page on black talk radio network as well as black talk media project.org you will see a physical mailing address for the black talk media project we are in north carolina uh registered nonprofit uh media education organization right here in the state of north carolina behind enemy lines all right so i got that out the way um, yeah, let me uh, cue up some more of these clips because uh, there's some interesting things being said before I do that because, you know, I really don't like Hillary Clinton because she murdered, you know, she helped murder Muammar Gaddafi and he was proposing some really good things for Africa like gold-backed currency, you know, uh, you, to unite Africa under one currency backed by actual gold. I, I believe that's got to be at the top of their list why they took him out. Um, but let me see if this woman has said anything about these emails. Because she was supposed to give, let me see, she breaks silence on emails. Perhaps she's giving it, maybe this is a video. Because I, I, I just have a personal interest in this story. She's a, a confirmed white supremacist, a killer, a murderer. And anything I could do to bring bad press to her. So those people Hello, everyone. I'm Bianca Gold. 
yeah, those people that do vote, don't vote for her. You know what I'm saying? And y'all should be sending the Democrats a message. You know, really, we, I mean, we know, you know, those people who are conscious. We already know y'all a bunch of refined white supremacists. But really, really, this is your standard bearer. You're just going to drop all pretenses, huh? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's listen to this, this quick video about it. I don't know if she really said anything of substance, but let's go ahead. Uh, this is part of our Hillary Clinton watch. Will she or will she not get the Democratic nomination to become the um, new CEO of the United States? Hopefully in 2016 is what she's hoping. Audrey in New York, and this is a Yahoo News special report. Hillary Clinton is about to address a scandal that erupted last week involving her use of a private email account while she was Secretary of State. She is approaching the podium. Here she is now. Let's listen. And putting the challenge of gender equality front and center on the international agenda. I'm especially pleased to have so many leaders here from the private sector standing shoulder to shoulder with advocates who've worked tirelessly for equality for decades. Twenty years ago, this was a lonelier struggle. Today, we mark the progress that has been made in the two decades since the international community gathered in Beijing and declared with one voice that human rights are women's rights and women's rights are human rights. And because of advances in health, education, and legal protections, we can say that there has never been a better time in history to be born female. Yet as the comprehensive new report published by the Clinton Foundation and the Gates Foundation this week makes clear, despite all this progress, when it comes to the full participation of women and girls, we're just not there yet. As I said today, this remains the great unfinished business of the 21st century. And my passion for this fight burns as brightly today as it did 20 years ago. I want to comment on a matter in the news today regarding Iran. The President and his team are in the midst of intense negotiations. Their goal is a diplomatic solution that would close off Iran's pathways to a nuclear bomb and give us unprecedented access and insight into Iran's nuclear program. Now, reasonable people can disagree about what exactly it will take to accomplish this objective. And we all must judge any final agreement on its merits. But the recent letter from Republican senators was out of step with the best traditions of American leadership. And one has to ask, what was the purpose of this letter? There appear to be two logical answers. Either these senators were trying to be helpful to the Iranians or harmful to the commander-in-chief in the midst of high-stakes international diplomacy. Either answer does discredit to the letter's signatories. Now, I would be pleased to talk more about this important matter, but I know there have been questions about my email, so I want to address that directly and then I will take a few questions from you. There are four things I want the public to know. First, when I got to work as Secretary of State, I opted for convenience to use my personal email account, which was allowed by the State Department, because I thought it would be easier 
to carry just one device for my work and for my personal emails instead of two. Looking back, it would have been better if I simply used a second email account and carried a second phone, but at the time, this didn't seem like an issue. Second, the vast majority of my work emails went to government employees at their government addresses, which meant they were captured and preserved immediately on the system at the State Department. Third, after I left office, the State Department asked former secretaries of state for our assistance in providing copies of work-related emails from our personal accounts. I responded right away and provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related, which totaled roughly 55,000 printed pages, even though I knew that the State Department already had the vast majority of them. We went through a thorough process to identify all of my work-related emails and deliver them to the State Department. At the end, I chose not to keep my private personal emails, emails about planning Chelsea's wedding or my mother's funeral arrangements, condolence notes to friends, as well as yoga routines, family vacations, the other things you typically find in inboxes. No one wants their personal emails made public, and I think most people understand that and respect that privacy. Fourth, I took the unprecedented step of asking that the State Department make all my work-related emails public for everyone to see. I am very proud of the work that I and my colleagues and our public servants at the Department did during my four years as Secretary of State. And I look forward to people being able to see that for themselves. Again, looking back, it would have been better for me to use two separate phones and two email accounts. I thought using one device would be simpler, and obviously it hasn't worked out that way. Now I'm happy to take a few questions. Clinton, uh, just a minute. No, I mean, Nick is calling on people. Sorry. Uh, Madam Secretary, um, uh, Kahraman Hali Salik with Turkish Television. On behalf of the UN Correspondents Association, thank you very much for your uh, remarks, and it's wonderful to see you here again. Uh, Madam Secretary, why did, did you opt out not um, using uh, two devices at the time? Obviously, if this didn't come out, you wouldn't um, probably wouldn't become an issue. And um, my, my second follow-up question is, if you were a man today, would all this uh, fuss being made uh, be made? Thank you. Well, I will, I will leave that to others to answer. Um, but as I, as I said, um, I saw it as a matter of convenience, and it was allowed. Others had done it, um, according to the... State Department, uh, which recently said Secretary Kerry was the first Secretary of State to rely primarily on a state.gov email account. And when I got there, I wanted to just use one device for both personal and work emails instead of two. It was allowed, and as I said, it was for convenience, and it was my practice to communicate with State Department and other government officials on their .gov accounts. So those emails 
would be automatically saved in the State Department system to meet record-keeping requirements, and that indeed is uh, what happened. And I heard uh, just a little... Okay, we're going to stop it there because that's like 30 more minutes of her spinning, you know, her answers and whatnot. But I just pulled up a fact-checking article. That's all you got to do. Google is so easy, Yahoo, whatever, whatever you're using, whatever search engine. And she just blatantly just told a bunch of lies and whatnot. Um, But I was taking notes on other things that she mentioned. She started off by talking about gender equality and, you know, she is counting on the female vote. And, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm just like hoping that a lot of those females that do vote, that vote for Hillary Clinton, if indeed she gets the nomination. Um, And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, but that you wouldn't vote for this woman because this woman, it's not about her being a female. It's not about her having ovaries. It's, it's not about none of that. It's about her actions as a human being, okay, uh, which actually show her to be a monster, to be a criminal, to be very wicked and evil. I mean, if you haven't seen that video of her on her personal email getting confirmation because you know they're showing her with the device she was talking about i chose to just have one device so we know on that device she got word of gaddafi's killing chris stevenson the ambassador probably you know emailed to let him know and the ghoulish laugh it was all funny the death of this human being at the hands of these these terrorists i mean just brutally murdered them tortured them murdered and she thought that was funny i mean that is you know they say eyes are the window of the soul and you know just people's mannerisms body language all of that and and she just comes off as just a very evil person man she she just strikes me that way now she talks a lot about gender equality and that's of course what her platform is going to be about we know it's more white females in this country than any other demographic more than white males white females and so she is hoping that she's going to get a lot of those white females at the same level that barack obama got a lot of black voters she is she's banking on that she's banking on mirroring his campaign same demographic but she, you know, is even looking to do even better with white females. So, of course, she leads off with that. And one of the things I noted is that racism was never mentioned. So we know combating racism and white supremacy, even in the midst of all these racist stories that's, that's coming out, the Ferguson report, the the Oklahoma University students being caught on video, just all bloody Sunday, you know, crossing the bridge that's still named after a racist white supremacist terrorist, Edmund Pettus. All of this racism at, you know, the highest levels of government being discussed, she doesn't mention it at all. See, sometimes it's what they don't say is what tells you a lot. And she does not really comment on racial issues. She stays away from them. Like kryptonite. 
if she's backed into a corner, she'll say something, you know, there. But I mean, unless I'm incorrect, has anybody seen a statement from Hillary Clinton on Ferguson Department of Justice report? Anybody heard her say anything like that? Like that's terrible and and this shouldn't be occurring in America. Has she come out with anything like that? Yeah, so she didn't mention any sort of racism that's that's occurring in the United States or globally. That's because she's a racist suspect. I would say she's a white supremacist, really. I don't have to do all that much um, suspecting about her. The evidence is out there. She mentions women's human rights violations. Does she? What about black people's human? Again, all of these human rights violations going on. In the United States, we're just using Ferguson because that's the one they have acknowledged. We can also throw in Cleveland. The Department of Justice also issued a scathing report about Cleveland officers using excessive force. You know, that's where Tamir Rice was gunned down. Uh, the male and female black victims, um, I can't recall their names right now, but were shot over a hundred times, even having one of the cops stand on the hood of the car. And it's come out that he knew they were unarmed. And he stands on the hood of the car like he, you know, in an action movie or something and just fires several more rounds into their bodies. And she doesn't mention any of this again. She, again, this is a person who wants to be president. Who wants to be the Democratic nominee. Now, the Democrats say that they, you know, care about civil rights issues, that they care about justice and, you know, but it's more talk than it is anything of substance. You will have a member here or a member there that will introduce something, but, hell, we can find Republicans that will every once in a while introduce a piece of legislation that addresses some some aspect of the systemic racism in the system. But she doesn't mention any of that. She talks about her Clinton Gates Foundations. That's another controversy surrounding the Clinton Foundation taking money from foreign donors and whatnot to carry out foreign agendas. At least that's the allegation they're being questioned why are you taking money from all these foreign you know corporations or individuals or nations and she mentioned you know they partnered up with the gates foundation i think gates is is mostly known among conscious black people as a eugenist uh who has been you know practicing uh that area of population control in in africa He's been accused of that as well as pushing uh, vaccines and, and, you know, people are very, very uh, suspicious about Mr. Gates, Mr. Bill Gates. So, you know, she works with him or at least their foundations work together. Um, She threw in Iran, you know, she threw that in. You should know she is a Zionist. She does not support Palestinian right to return. None of that. She wholeheartedly supports the occupation and the expansion of Israel on non-white people's land. She even uh, said that when um, 
there was worldwide condemnation for the Israeli attack on Gaza that killed thousands of people, even killed journalists. Journalists were being targeted. You know, we did our best to, you know, inform people about what was going on. But there was worldwide condemnation of, you know, the, the atrocities, the war crimes, which Israel is actually under investigation for. I think that investigation, the uh, International uh, Criminal Court is investigating them for war crimes. But she said that any criticism, she said that all the criticism we see globally of Israel, you know, uh, just wiping out these defenseless people is because of anti-Semitism. So she, she, yeah, she called us a bunch of uh, uh, Jew haters. Said we hate Jews, even though, you know, Tens of thousands that I know of uh, Jews were also opposed to what Israel was doing. But no, you know, pull, play the anti-Semitist card. Oh, he's an anti-Semite and all this and that. And I don't want to even go into what a Semite actually is or what, uh, you know, um, Semitic language. Because I don't hate language, so I can't be an anti-Semite. Uh, let me see if we um, have someone who wants to comment on air. Um, area code 786, you're on Black Talk Radio News. Go ahead with your question or comment. Hi, this is Officer Kevin Williams. I'm calling you from State Police Headquarters. The reason of my call is to inform you that we received a legal lawsuit and an arrest warrant against your name. As you All right. So, um, yeah, that's this, this idiot that has been harassing me pretending to be a police officer and whatnot i didn't mean for that to go out over air uh some people just see numbers on our websites and they don't pay attention that this is a studio line and and they just call in and you know so this is this is what i deal with behind the scenes yeah i do i get lots of threats and stuff like that you don't hear me complaining too much on air about it but since you heard that you know i, I apologize for um you having to hear that so yeah uh this guy's saying that he is a cop and they have issued a arrest warrant for me and blah 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 i wonder why that is what have i been doing that this racist suspect don't like you know that he wants to harass me but anyway they they kind of got me off track what was i just about to do um yeah, Hillary Clinton is lying. Oh, yeah. Let me get back to my notes that I was taking. Um, yeah, so she had to weigh in on Iran because, again, she wants to be president. So she felt it was important that she comment on these global issues and what's going on with Iran and the nuclear negotiations. And, again, Clinton is a Zionist. Um, she's a war monger and all of that. She will be right along with them hardliner. Republicans, you know, but she since he's a Democrat and she's a Democrat, she gotta, you know, rebuke them. That's some easy headlines and sound presidential and like I know what I'm doing and and this is just unprecedented. You should never do this, uh, you know. Anyway, she again, I'm I'm only mentioning these things because she ain't never mentioned racism. She ain't never mentioned police brutality, police terrorism. These are national, I would even say international issues coming out of the United States, the whole world talking about it. Why is Hillary Clinton so quiet about it? Never, never talks about it. 
that should tell you something. Now let's get into some of the lies um, that Miss Clinton uh, stated. She, you know, of course, was talking about she opted for convenience, and I therefore I didn't want to be carrying around two blackberries. You know, I only got like two pockets in my pantsuit, and I like to put, you know, my my change purse in my other pocket. So yeah, I didn't really want to be, you know, weighed down carrying two blackberries. So I opted for convenience, and I chose to just go with one, which is connected to my private email uh servers and um before i get into this fact checker uh article that has been published by the washington post um she said that she sent emails to employees so everything that was doing with business was captured you know on the state department servers and again she just said she chose not to it convenience she mentioned that several times and you know she just went in into spin mode but again it was reported yesterday that she hasn't turned over any emails related to Benghazi or the entire Libyan trip so am I to believe when I see that video of her you know on her Blackberry and getting a message and typing something and then a person asking them is that from the land of confirms or unconfirmed and she goes into her Julius Caesar, uh, Caesar imi- imitation, talking about we came, we saw, he died, and then you know we, it start started out with a ghoulish laugh. We believe that was just Bill or Chelsea that you was talking to that that was private in nature. So this woman is a liar, man. Um, She hadn't turned over any of those Libyan emails. And that's all I really care about. That's all I really care about. I already know what they did to Libya was um, was outside, was illegal in terms of international law. Many crimes were committed in terms of U.S. law. But like, you know, so many of our elders have told us and teachers from the past have told us these laws that are written by them, they are the ones that get to apply. Who does it apply to? You know, like going into black communities and, and just stopping and frisking them and making and arresting them for contraband or whatever and just ignoring white people. Not going into their communities doing see, they get to apply the law and the policy and whatnot. So it don't apply to us. We shouldn't be, you know, holding ourselves to the law because the law is whatever they say it is whenever they, you know, want to apply it or uphold it or prosecute someone for it. But Hillary Clinton is is lying. Um, this is an article from the Washington Post, Hillary Clinton's emails, a timeline of actions and regulations. The fact checker has compiled an extensive timeline concerning government rules and regulations on the use of private email accounts and the actions of former Secretary of State Hillary Rodman Clinton because she's just going to keep saying that, you know, I was not violating any rules. Already the White House has said that she did. They're just not screaming it loudly or saying it more than once. Um, Let me jump down. 
during Clinton's term and secretary regulations were tightened concerning the preservation of email records and concerns were raised about the use of personal email accounts for official business, but the legal requirement to immediately preserve emails from non-government email accounts was not made mandatory until nearly two years after she stepped down. All right, uh, we welcome suggestions from readers to expand and update this this timeline. So, she didn't have to preserve any emails that was on her email account. So technically, she found a loophole. Yeah, she she found a loophole, and that is why she did all her business on a private email, even though this was unprecedented. It was out of the norm for a Secretary of State to not have a government email while sending out cables like the one she sent in 2011 because there was a security breach with hackers and intelligence saying that they were going after State Department employees, private emails, that this was known. And that's why she told her employees and sent it in the cable, which was revealed by WikiLeaks. That's the only reason we know about it. Either, who was it? Uh, was it Chelsea Manning or was it Eric Snowden who, who turned over? I know those two are the, the two most well-known who turned over the most documents. So... She is, she's found a loophole, y'all. I mean, basically, I don't have to read no more. It didn't come to two years later. She didn't have to preserve them. So those people investigating what happened in Libya, Benghazi, you just out of luck, man. You will never get to the bottom of it. Those emails are gone. They're destroyed. She still got them. She's refusing to turn over all the emails. And who gets to decide what's personal and what's business? We're supposed to just take Hillary Clinton's word for it or her trusted aides that she pays? We're supposed to take their word for it? I don't think so. She's not going to turn over anything to anyone. Except for what she's already turned over for uh um uh, so wow. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, again, I wanna see if the Democratic Party is really gonna nominate this person. I hope she does get nominated. I hope she doesn't become president or CEO of this corporation, but I do hope that she gets nominated. Cause then maybe, just maybe the last holdouts or unconscious black people that wanna align themselves with Democrats man, they will either be forced to face the reality that the Democratic Party is no different than the Republican Party. It's the same old evil. Or they're going to expose themselves as being willing participants in assisting evil, corrupt, white supremacists. So, yeah, it's fallout. I do want to continue on uh, with this story about um, the fallout. A lot of interesting things been said about the fallout of these racists on the Oklahoma University campus. Um, very interesting responses from at least one, but I would say two athletes. One's a current athlete there. The other one was uh, supposed to go to school there. 
And he said, no, I'm not coming because this has, uh, this is just very troubling. And I don't like the way that, you know, you contacted me to let me know about it. You should let me know. So anyway, Scott Van Pelt of ESPN, he has some interesting things to say about it. And I'm going to go ahead and roll that clip. Gigantic national news story that has a uh, that has a sports angle in the sense that there have been um, a couple of uh, a player from from Oklahoma that spoke out and a recruit who decommitted uh, from the university from a verbal commitment that he had made to the school uh, in the wake of this uh, video that that came out over the course of the weekend uh, in Oklahoma uh, fraternity. Uh, I guess it was their founders' day and they're on the bus and by now you've undoubtedly either seen or heard probably both. Uh, these these young guys uh, all liquored up in their bow ties, uh, smiling and gleefully singing a song um, that's just indefensibly racist. And what has happened in the wake of that is the uh, Oklahoma president, David Boren, I give this guy credit. The, um, he, he just said, well, that's the end of that. They shut down the house, the SAE house, and uh, several students were expelled as they were identified as having led the chant. Uh, on this bus, and you know, there, I guess the first thing I would do is I'd, I'd start with the fact that you know Bob Stoops. They were supposed to practice. We're, we're in that place now where spring practice is beginning to start again. Uh, oh, you didn't practice yesterday. They just they got together and they you know his his players basically um, sort of openly and publicly you know locked arms to show their solidarity with one another. And and, and Stoops Stoops just said um, you know very little gets me choked up, but but this hurt. And then the question is, will it, will it hurt Oklahoma when it comes to the perception, right, of, of how, how people, how people see them? How will recruits see them? Because you know how the, you know how this works. This is an arms race, man. And, you know, other schools are going to say, man, did you see the way they acted up, up, up at Oklahoma? Um, this is, this is awful. Yeah. You can't watch that and, and be anything but disgusted. It's just so, it's such a disappointing thing, not just because it's gross, but you go, man, it's 2015. Are you guys serious with this? It's mind-boggling, and you try so hard to be hopeful that generations change and that the generations that are behind ours are are even more enlightened and less likely to, to see color and less likely to do this. And and then you see that, and it's 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 so it's so hard to watch that and not just become infuriated. It's just it just the the glee on these idiots' faces. It's just. Oh. It was very disturbing. I, I never thought that stuff was still trending as much as it was back then, or it could keep repeating itself. And it was very, it was very, it was very disturbing. I, I didn't like what was going on. I'm, I'm glad the way they handled it, but that's still just a bad downside to me. I don't, I don't, I really didn't like things being around the bush with me. I wanted to be direct, and you know, I, I just was notified by the coaches this morning. They got reached out to me, sent me a couple messages. They can't call me. I only can call them. So. It was, it was very bad. I was hoping they'd let me know ahead of time what's going on. If they would have did that, I would have been very calm with it. But I mean, I wasn't notified. I just had to find out on my own by a lot of TV. And I just continued trying to make the right decision, follow my path for college, and uh, knowing I'm doing the right thing for myself and finding the right home for me for the next quarterfinal. And it was swift and harsh. All right, Carl. A group of OU athletes and coaches also gathered with some students today in protest to show their support. And defensive end Eric Stryker posted a very uh, angry response to all of this on his Snapchat today. I'm from right now. SAE just up all you. 
By far the most heated response we have seen so far. Again, that was uh, OU defensive end Eric Stryker. And this is not the first time the SAE chapter here at OU has been in trouble, though. Our Heather Hope continues our team coverage of that. a nearly empty Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity house. And like many Greek organizations across the U.S., it's not his first time being caught in the fire for a racially insensitive issue. I am, I, I am unheard. I shouldn't be scared to be on my campus. That's the message one freshman student wrote on a post-it along with hundreds of OU students for Monday morning's protest. I feel scared because I think obviously this has been going on for a while. And so clearly these people have something against that So I personally feel scared to be around those people because I, I don't know what they're going to do to me. You know? With posters taking the stand against SAE's racist video, crowds of students made their voices heard. And it's not the first time Fred has been in hot water. Various chapters nationwide have been fined in the past for blackface parties. And even Oklahoma State's chapter had a Confederate flag hanging from its house. But OU Greeks are standing together, saying not on our campus. Definitely just disgust and shame that anything like that is happening on our campus. And they absolutely need to take action. And the future is uncertain where these SAE members will live now on campus. Reporting in Norman, Heather Hope, News 9. Thousands of people have taken to social media to express their opinion what happened with the uh, fraternity members on the bus. And we, we really encourage you to do that and continue to do so. We're going to be sharing some of those. But we want to tell you, if you do get on social media and... All right, that's the end of that. Um, that was like several different clips. Um, Scott Van Pelt, he hosts like a, um, I'm not sure if it's a radio program. I know he do a radio show. I've heard of him on radio. Um, but that was, uh, actually from a studio. He, they might record it or something like that, do a web, you know, stream or whatever while he's doing the radio program. But one of the things he said really stuck out to me was he said that those people on that bus were gleefully racist. I mean, he used that word gleefully. They were all giddy about their racism. They were, like, really having fun, you know, expressing racism, gleefully racist. And so, you know, I, I think that was important because I'm sure there'll be their parents and whoever else want to take up for them will say, you know, they're sorry now. They've had time to reflect on what they've done and they're just so sad now um yeah sad that they got turned in that they got busted again you know um whoever recorded that i know it had to be a white person on that bus with them probably another frat member or one of their dates but it had to be a white person because i just don't think that they would have been i could be wrong i don't know but um it seems like they thought that nobody was around to hear them they're on the bus they're traveling nobody but the bus driver and he's not gonna say anything so this person that recorded it and and turned it over to someone that is what i want to see that is what i would like to see that would convince me that there are white people out there that's actually really really doing something tangible something we could point to to say you know, inflicted great harm upon the system or racism, white supremacy. 
that they decided they were not going to cooperate because it takes cooperation. Don't cooperate. Take a stand. And then if you can, expose them. It didn't take nothing. All they did was just pull out a cell phone camera, record what was going on, what was being said, and got it out to the public. Now, we can deal with it. We can deal with it. We can deal with the individuals, the guilty parties. That, that's what I want to see. Less participation. And that goes for non-white people too. Let's stop participating. Let's stop participating. Let's not just sit around while they're making a racist jokes and things of that nature. You know, the vice president telling, you know, asking you questions of a sexual nature about one of your female co-workers. That has actually happened to me. But let's secretly record them wherever possible and turn them in. If you if you a black cop or whatever, or you say that you are against racism and and you know who these cops are that are racist, you hear them in the locker room, you hear them at the donut shop, wherever, hanging out in the parking lot. Record them. And even, you know, you don't have to come forward if you're not, you know, you don't want to put your name out there, your job on the line. Release it anonymously. Get it to somebody else. And let's expose these people and expose the system. Instead of, you know, we having to just rely on the Department of Justice to you didn't act it up so bad, showed out so much that we got to do something. These people are not going to take this. They've been hitting the streets, protesting. There's been economic damage and whatnot. They're blocking the highways, this and that. We got to do something. So we're going to investigate you. Oh, look what we discovered. You know, it shouldn't have had to get that far. That tells me every person working in that department, and I'm sure it was some non-white people working in there. Y'all knew what was going on. If there is no non-white people working among these racist white supremacists, then I apologize. But I believe that they are. I know, you know, on the police department, St. Louis Police Department, you have non-white people because you had the non-white cop, female, black female, turn off the camera so the white cops could kick the hell out of the black dude. So, yeah. See, now instead of you turning off the camera hell you should have made sure it was working properly and then gotten back to the department and said this is what they did this was wrong this violates the rules this is excessive brutality and they just really just went too far and they didn't have to do that and I can't with good conscience work with people like this hell they might do it to me or do it to one of my family members my cousin or, you know, brother-in-law or something. No, this woman turns it off and says, you know, wait a minute, let me turn the camera off. See, that's actively assisting racists. That it cannot be tolerated. Malcolm X said, expose these misleaders to the masses. Being a cop is so-called leadership position, it ain't it. 
That's what Malcolm said. So I, I'm, I'm just thinking, how many non-white people worked at this municipal court in this police department and knew that this was going on, had an opportunity to, on the sly, collect evidence, re- secretly record them, take pictures of documents and whatnot, and then do a WikiLeaks-type deal. Get it to, you know, independent black media producers that can publish it and get it out there that will not divulge your name. That's actively working against the system without, you know, putting yourself too much out there. There's always going to be risk involved, but, I mean, hell, it's war. It's warfare. We live behind enemy lines, so to me, that's minimum risk right there, anonymously, you know, collecting or covertly collecting evidence of the racist practices of the people you work with and then exposing that. See, that's what that's what should be happening. That's all a part of fighting racism and white supremacy and really trying to change the system instead of, damn it, I got to go in here for eight hours and I'm just not going to say nothing. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep my head down and, you know, just not just be zombie like just be zombie like be like a robot. Don't pay attention to all the racism that you go that you see and go on around you. Not collecting evidence. Not doing nothing. That's not fighting white supremacy. That is going to do nothing to change the system. That is actually aiding and abetting the system with with your silence. You know what they're telling us now, right? Because of Islamic terrorism, we got word that they might try to attack some malls and stuff and kill some people. So if you see something, say something. That's what the government, U.S. government, telling people now. See something say something how about we adopt that as counter racist if we see something we say something now I'm not saying as soon as we see somebody practice an act of racism that you know we go turn them in or what not knowing we in a racist environment nothing's going to happen to them no we just start collecting evidence keeping diaries and what not And then at some point, when we have collected enough, even if we say, well, look, I'm not going to work here. I got to get out of here, but I'm going to collect this evidence, and then I'm going to get me another job. And then I'm going to turn over all this evidence I collected on this corporation, on this police department to the media. I'm going to do it anonymously because I don't, you know, want to bring too much attention to myself. See, we're, we're not even engaged in that kind of level a warfare, covert warfare, intelligence uh, uh, gathering, collecting evidence on the enemy. We got to step our game up. Really, we do. Again, I, f- I really feel like the key to overthrowing racism, white supremacy is convincing as many people as possible not to cooperate. Not to just sit on the sidelines, but to get active some kind of way. 
I thought it was um, great that that young man. Oh yeah, before I get to that, uh, yeah, they did suspend the people that led the chat. I think all of the ones who were participating in the chat uh, should been suspended as well. I know they've been kicked off campus and whatnot, but I, I would I think they should be suspended. Doesn't matter. It, it, I mean, if somebody go, you know the old saying: if somebody jumps off a bridge, I'm gonna follow them. I'm gonna do the same thing. Nobody put a gun to their head and made them join in. So why why are they being spared from expulsion? I'm sure this violates student conduct code and whatnot. You know, you wouldn't have threw those two off if if you didn't have the authority to do it so I don't understand that right there why only you know the two who led the chat chant racist chant are the only ones suspended and then they start asking uh, Scott Van Pelt asked will it hurt OKC cause see they already thinking about money money see y'all we fail to understand how much money black people or how much money is generated how much revenue is generated off of black bodies? Yeah, y'all say, you know, this is like slavery and, and this and that. But those individuals would not be doing it if it if they weren't seeing some kind of benefit. And I'm going to tell you, if I'd had the opportunity to sign a professional contract in any other sports I was engaged in and could make millions of dollars, I can tell you conscious, if I knew what I knew back then, that what I know today about racism and white supremacy, I absolutely would sign that contract because that would be a million dollars in the hands of black people that we didn't have before to distribute however we see fit. Now it's going to be on me to make sure that those resources benefit my community like many of these professional athletes do I know the owners making more but I'm telling you you know a lot of money is being put into the black community because of sports I am thankful that those Carolina Panthers that donate to these charities around here and then get out there and help them hand out food and, and things of that nature, I'm, I am not going to undervalue that contribution because there's people out here hit hard trying to survive and we can't say all the players engage in that kind of activity, but there's quite a few in Charlotte that do. So I appreciate that. But in terms of college sports now, they're fighting to unionize, I've heard, the college students, athletes, I should say student athletes. Talking about now, the latest I heard was on Tanya Free and Friends uh, talk show, which will be on air tomorrow, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Black Talk Radio Network, about them paying them something like $4,000, $5,000, some kind of stipend or something like that, not really, you know, just cutting them uh, um a check for playing football, but you know how they got to finagle it and, and whatnot. I heard them talking about it. So, but this is billion dollar industry without the best, without the biggest, without the baddest, without the most talented black bodies on those basketball courts, football fields. I've seriously doubt that these sports will be as popular as they are. 
This is not the 1950s and the 60s where there were just a, a few black people playing. No, these are sports where the athletes are predominantly black and they generate the most money. Four college campuses. They generate so much money that they even pay for the scholarships of the students that play sports that don't generate no money. That's a lot of economic power. And cause, so could you imagine if every single non-white person, even if it's a white person and they say that they are they don't support racism, white supremacy, and they saw this and they followed that young man's uh, lead, Gene DeLance or John DeLance. I, he's from Texas, and he said, you know, I've seen this before. I'm not comfortable going there. This is just totally incorrect, and I will plan my football future for the next four years somewhere else. Now, what if every recruit said that man they'll be shaking in their boots so fast man they'll be like what can we do well they'll be on their knees man begging and then like the football team i saw the football team they walking arm in arm and they were saying you know if they said that we're not going to play i'm we're transferring because this has been going on this isn't the first time and we complained about this in the past and you don't take us serious so we're leaving can you imagine that Imagine if at Clemson University, all those football players, basketball players said that we stand in solidarity with Cedar Stripes and those students that say that, you know, we don't feel comfortable living on a campus, studying on a campus that honors racist white supremacists. And so unless you change the name of this building and tear down your monuments to terrorists and murderers, then we are transferring out of here. Hey, I'm an A1 recruit. I'm sure Southern Cal will have me or somebody that's not practicing overt racism by naming buildings after racist white supremacists. You think that building name would have got changed instead of the president coming out and saying, we're not changing it. This is just a part of who we are. This is history. And people just need to get over that history. This man, yes, he was a terrorist. Yes, he was a murderer. Yes, he was a white supremacist. But he helped found this school. And we're going to name this building after him. Okay, fine, fine. This, you're right. This is your school. You run it. You own it. What not. So I'm transferring. Or I'm not enrolling in your school again I'm an A1 recruit Duke tried to get me North Carolina tried to get me University of Michigan I got letters from them so yeah you're practicing racism white supremacy um, that is incorrect to be honoring these people so I, I don't feel comfortable see we don't even we're not even exercising that power as a collective this goes back to training up a child in the way that they should go. So this is on us. It's not on these students. It's on the parents. Because we're not having these conversations with these young men and women. They're not knocking on these schools' doors. These schools are knocking on their doors. That gives you leverage. See, that's why we have to 
as much as possible because it's impossible to unify with everyone but as much as possible we need to unify as a people again don't identify as a democrat don't identify as a republican you're a black voter if you vote I'm not a liberal I'm not a progressive I don't know what the what those labels really mean so you made them up so I'm just I'm a black person I belong to a black community I vote and I'm a vote in the interest of black people and against the interests of racist white supremacists no matter what they're calling themselves that young man uh, Gene DeLance he needs to be given person of the week person of the week player of the month athlete student athlete of the month we should be showcasing him this is the behavior that we would desire to see from our young men and women who are opposed to racism white supremacy who have principles and will stand on those principles and choose other options man his, I, I bet his parents are proud of him you know he's kept saying you know this keeps repeating itself racism really you just no I'm not going there then they tried to say the guy's response was angry yeah he was angry he admits he was angry he was emotional he was hurt I was kind of kind of concerned I'm not going to say shocked I was kind of concerned that he was hurt like that because this young man the way he described it like he was like really 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 hurt this is like girlfriend breakup kind of hurt you know I was in love with you and you just been broke my heart kind of hurt that he was describing and he was cussing he was like F you white fraternities F you you messing it up F you F you. Yeah, those were all F bombs that were that were bleeped out. I'm concerned for him because it's like it took him by surprise. It like he was totally not expecting it. Very concerned for that young man. See, he he thought he probably, you know, I'm making an assumption. I'm not in his in his head I don't have him talk to him but he like most athletes put on a pedestal long as you can play sports for him and make them money they will treat you like you're the best thing since sliced white bread that's how they'll treat you roll out the red carpet and all of that into your playing days it's in, until they can't make no more money off of you so he probably thought wow these people they're, they're not racist at all look at how good and well they're treating me so he got confused he got confused and thought that you know racism didn't exist on that campus and he got a rude awakening and it hurt him I feel sorry for him feel sorry for him I hope he gets the counseling that he needs Cause racism, white supremacy truly does affect people mentally, psychologically. It inflicts trauma, and this young man is traumatized. So don't pick at him or nothing like that. No, 
you know, we're just examining, examining, you know, we're not picking at him or saying, I'm just saying, I'm concerned that this took him by surprise. It shouldn't have took him by surprise. We got a call. Um, let me go to the telephone. Area code 219. You're on Black Talk Radio News. Go ahead with your question and comment. Hey, how you doing, Scotty? I'm doing fine. Good. This is Quabinow. Brother Quabinow, what's going on? Man, just chiming in on this uh, on this issue, especially with this Oklahoma thing. It's pretty kind of it's kind of interesting as as the story continues to build. You know, we think, I don't know if you saw the house mama, the elderly house mama, who was dropping those n bombs repeatedly. Right? Did you see that video this morning? No, the the house mom. Yeah, they interviewed the house mom, and she was all distraught. I ain't got nowhere to go, and I've been working all. Oh yeah, I years. saw that. It's a white female, right? Yeah. Yeah, white female. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch the video, but I read what she said. She, again, oh, how did this happen? These boys, they are so good. This and that, blah, blah, blah. I had no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you know, the thing, you know, you look at it, and then they got a clip of her just dropping, repeatedly dropping in bombs, probably about eight or nine of them in a row. Oh, her? And, oh, yeah, her. And then after that came out, then it talked about how, well, she got it from some rap song. Then a little bit later on, we see a clip where, okay, now Waka Flocka Flame has decided that he's not going to go there. He's canceling his concert at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so we hear that he, he was there last year. Mm-hmm. And if you if you know Waka Flocka Flame, he's one of the most, um, I'm straight up saying, ignorant rappers that we got out there. And one of the songs, he slop out songs he put out years ago was called Oh Lee Do It. Really, word is spelled, Oh Let's Do It. But pronounce Oli do it, I influence, and he talks about killing Africans in the song. Matter of fact, he has one of the lines in the song, ends talking shit, bro, hanging from a rope. So on his song, his hit song, he's dropping in bonds, he's talking about hanging a black man, hanging him. Just like these and racist so, people right here. Just like the people where he performed the concert at are chanting on this bus. Isn't it an excuse? No. It ain't no excuse. They're closing your house down. Old lady, is it an excuse for you to be dropping all them bombs in a row? No. You got to find somewhere else to stay. But it may be part of the reason. And the same Waka Flocka Flame came in the city where I, where I dwell in Gary, Indiana, which has had a serious problem with fratricide over the years since I've been here 22 years. And he came here while this song was out and did a concert. And at this concert, one of the young, confused Africans decided to follow his instructions and shot up 11, 11 young brothers and sisters, 11 if not 12, on the, at that, when this fool was out here for a concert. Mm, mm, mm. So, I, I, and I think it, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that all this stuff is coming to light, man, because, you know, like we talked about it when we've been on your, on your show before, when you got 90% of the music that's played on commercial slop hop radio dropping N-bombs on us, 90% of it, and it's done by those who look like us, we have a problem. We have a big problem. And most people say, oh, white folks listen to them, buy most of the music and all that. Yeah, they buy it and they laugh at it and they make mockery of it, just like it was caught on video. Just like the house number caught on video. No excuse, you gotta deal with that. There may be the reason, but you gotta deal with it in this context right now. So, at the same time, how we have to deal with this self-hate is when we see our young brothers and sisters laid out on the ground, shot to death by somebody who thought they just wouldn't but another end. 
they would dehumanize them with that term. And when they got and get angry with them, that's the word that comes out and pow, they gone. So, bro, and I, and I think it's so important that, you know, we use any, any chance we get, we use these uh, times of teachable moments. And hopefully this will be a teachable moment. I just bought five CDs the other day from so-called conscious, conscious artists. All but one of them are totally laced with N-bombs. Mm. Unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are conscious artists. So-called conscious artists. Unnecessarily dropping N-bombs on their people. I didn't know Waka Flocka Flame was actually promoting lynching. I hadn't heard that. Can, oh is, yeah, man. is that correct? He was actually promoting the lynching. Of- I got in talking ass, bro, hanging with a ropa, hit him with the chopper, which is the shoot uh, lynching with a gun. Call that s hot lava. Call me Waka Flocka. I'm a young wild in, aka young drug dealer. Oh, let's do it. Drug dealing music, I I influence. He was telling you right there he influenced. He has one line on the song, dude, that's so ignorant. This is why I thought of him as probably one of the most stupid rappers that we got out there. He talks about shooting somebody uh, in the head, brains coming out, and asking them how that feel. <laughs> how that feel? Shot man down, his brains go compile. Oh, oh, that hurt. So don't F around. Man, it's just, it's just so ignorant. And this is what the, the thing about it, Scotty. This is indicative of the vast majority of the music that's played on the radio, targeting and indoctrinating our children and our people with ratchetness, materialism, misogyny, self-hate, murder, ignorance. And that's indicative of what it is out there right now. When these Europeans who also listen to this music play, I was at a basketball game where I worked here at the school, uh, puts playing ball out, out there, and then, you know, I hear this music on in the gym. I'm working here, so I'm like, I got to turn that crap off. Whose is this? All these brothers out there playing, a couple of Europeans out there playing. Oh, it was a European. He was playing off of his, his, uh, his little unit and everybody to hear. I said, well, you got to turn that off. No, we ain't having that. So it, it's crazy, bro, but we got to work at it, man. We got to do something to deal with, with this, this ignorance because it's offensive, it's immoral. It's, it's deplorable, but again, the influence that it has on on the people is definitely negative. Most certainly, it, it's definitely negative. So, thank thanks for sharing. Tell them how uh, people can find out about the Clear the Airwaves project. Check us out on Facebook. Clearly, just type in Clear the Airwaves project, and I'll uh, see some of the work we're doing to try. I mean, we need some more warriors too to try to get stop this madness because it's totally mad, and we're filing complaints now with the FCC about this with some of our brothers and sisters in Rage Against the Ratchet, which is a similar group doing things that we work with out of the Philly, Delaware area, has gotten stations to change their format totally. And one of the ways they did it was following these complaints with the FCC who start putting pressure on these stations and, and following up and say, hey, no, you know, y'all can't be doing that. We're fining you. So one of the owners said, we can't, we can't take all these fines. So they changed the format from that craziness. That's what I'm saying, man. All it takes is, is people organizing and actually coming up with a plan of action and, and carrying through. I mean, y'all didn't have to go out there. I mean, while y'all have engaged in protest and, and marching and being out on the street, you know, trying to inform the masses through through that means. But sounds like to me, you know, you really got some action when y'all went in because I was on one of those calls and y'all talked about, you know, uh, a bunch of people going in to the radio 
to the physical building where the radio station is asking to see, you know, whatever documents and, and yeah. also filing complaints. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's part of what we got to do, man. But hey, just uh, people, man, we need some warriors out here to stop this matter. No other race of people would accept this crap that's going on in this music. And we see the influences, we see the conditions that we're dealing with. And that music is part of our culture. And one's culture is one's way of life. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make some changes, bro. All right. Thanks, Brother Kwabana. And, and again, man, uh, anything you need for me to get out, you've got my email address and everything. Peace to you, bro. Are you too, man. Appreciate you. All right. That was uh, Brother Kwabana. Q&AQ is cleared. We got about, what, about seven more minutes left um, in the broadcast again. Tando radio show will be coming on tonight. They'll be talking about the devaluation of the dollar. Um, could a coming uh, could a economic collapse in the United States be right around the corner and people sleeping on it? You know, because uh, China, Russia, they making moves in terms of the dollar. Um, again, many people believe Saddam Hussein. They really overthrew him because he was going to stop using the dollar to trade oil in and was going to use strictly the euro. Again, I believe that one of the main reasons they took out Gaddafi because he was proposing a unified African currency that was actually backed by precious metals, uh, something else David um, and, and, and um, those who participate in his program uh, promote, you know. And so, uh, yeah, y'all make sure y'all tune in to that. They provide a lot of good information on currency uh, wealth, health, as well as uh, emergency preparedness for, you know, Hurricane Katrina-like events, and then you're not prepared for You have to depend on the government to come save you, and they're not coming to save you. Um, they're coming out there to save property, and even though retail store won't be able to sell that food because, you know, of of regulations and stuff and the store got flooded they you know gonna gun you down for going in there getting a bag of rice or whatever yeah you just got to be prepared you don't want to find yourself in those kind of scenarios where if the power grid went down for three four five days and you know you out here uh your stomach growling and you hungry and and you you know trying to find out where you can get some food at because the store's closed and they, they sold out and all this. Yeah, it's good to be prepared. I, I'm, I think that they bring a lot of um, good information to the network. Um, one of the other things that about that video or a series of videos that I played, you know, um, that one female, that black female who she posted a note, apparently what they're, what some of the students are doing are writing you know, little notes and stuff and putting them on a, I guess, student bulletin board or whatnot. And she scared. She feels terrorized. She doesn't feel safe. And you know what? She shouldn't. She should not feel safe. Again, that I don't just be saying I'm broadcasting from behind enemy lines because I think that's makes me sound radical or militant or or whatnot. No, it's because it's truth. It's the truth because casualties are piling up every day. People getting captured, enslaved, put to work for corporations for pennies on the dollar, beatings, rapings, 
all at the people who supposed to be the so-called authorities, you know, that make up this system. So she is reacting to this in a healthy manner is what is the way I could best describe it. She should be terrorized. Don't tell her, oh, girl, those were just a few of those knuckleheads and we're not all like that. And, and, and no, don't let it get you down. Don't believe the hype. No, she has the totally accurate response to what has occurred on her campus is that I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. This young female is terrorized. Just a freshman, so she what? 17, 18 years old, if not younger. We have to um, start making our people feel safe. Again, I, I want to just acknowledge and encourage the white person I think it's obvious this was a white person that recorded this racist chant and got it to the people who could get it out and expose this because what you have done is what many people need to do is expose it when you're exposed if you like the US government says about terrorism and indeed this is racism is terrorism if you see something say something if you're afraid you don't have to reveal your identity we won't reveal personal details about you or whatnot. you can do it anonymously just like how the police do it right ain't that how the police call in with your crime tips you can do it anonymously. You can get a $1,000 reward. I'm telling you, if this person gets exposed, the one that recorded them, I would say, you know, they will be worthy of a GoFundMe a fundraiser. Let's reward this person. Let's encourage this behavior across this land. Let's get all white people who can move freely about racist suspects and white supremacists to start engaging in sabotage, start engaging in, you know, trying to expose the system. That's why, you know, a lot of people, they try to play down what Eric Snowden did and what Chelsea Manning did. And, you know, these people are her in prison or being hunted because of what they did because they betrayed this system of racism white supremacy they said this was incorrect that is why you know the person who was the CIA whistleblower on a torture you know he had to go to jail he out now I understand you know the only one to be prosecuted that's how the system deals with traitors that's not how we deal with traitors is it we want to coddle them we want to make excuses for them we want to say they don't know no better when they know exactly what the hell they doing some of them don't I will give you that some of them are just confused they haven't really thought about things may not even you know be intellectually 
capable of understanding what's really going on. But there are others now that they play the system perfectly to their advantage, personal advantage, and lend aid and assistance to racist white supremacists. And we shouldn't be doing that. So kudos to that person who turned in those uh, frat boys. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Thando Radio Show will be on the air here just momentarily. I will be back on the air Thursday, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we will be joined by Glenn Ford of Black Agenda Radio. Peace and blessings to all. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.